0: Woke up this morning thinking, gotta be good to talk to Longquist. In a typical Mosley fashion, I didn't call you till uh, very recently to check in with you on this. Kevin, with uh, this guy comes from your alma mater. That's going to replace Brian Stewart. He's going to come in as the the cornerbacks coach. This is a guy named Kevin Curtis, uh, from SMU. He's got some good ties to the old. Uh, golly, does that go all the way back? I guess the early days of the Big 12. He played for texas tech uh kevin what can you tell us this is kevin longquist of course our uh our big time expert uh on all things recruiting and baylor works for rivals you can follow him at at sikkim sports kevin what do you know about kevin curtis this guy coming over from smu
1: well i think uh for for starters i think what curtis did was um you know he's been pretty successful wherever he's coached and the fact that He's got a lot of ties in the community, and of course, the fact that he and Dave Miranda go back to their days right around the turn of the century, uh, when he played at, at safety at Tech, and of course, Dave was on the staff there. I think that make that obviously built that relationship there, and then I think what Kevin has done, especially in his last stop, his last two stops between Louisiana Tech and SMU. Uh, pretty impressive. You know, one of the stories I know that was highlighted in the release was Brandon Stevens. But to give you a little bit of the perspective of Stevens, he was a transfer from UCLA, uh, was playing a little bit more running back, and they, they converted him to a defensive back. And I think that was probably one of the most impressive things, how he was able to, if you will, personally flip the field uh, Curtis did for Stevens and turn him into an American athletic uh, all-conference type, all type of player. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Now, obviously, uh, the, he has some sh- uh, he has some roles to f- he has some shoes to fill because you know what they got out of Brian Stewart was really impressive. I thought Baylor's secondary was probably one of the quiet uh, turn great turnarounds for the twenty twenty season. And Kevin's got his work cut out for him, but I think he can mold this staff. He's got some veterans coming back, you know, starting with Kalen Barnes and Raleigh Texada, so that makes a difference for him. And then, of course. Now, I think he's a pretty good talent evaluator too. He did some good, pretty good things at SMU, and I expect him to continue that trend at Baylor. But now, because now he can sell out at a P5 level.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like I like this guy. And I knew uh, coming from a your alma mater SMU, you would have the goods on him, and so that will be interesting. One little side note: I don't want us to get too thrown off on this one, Kevin, because you and I could talk about this all day. I, I, I saw the story in the morning news the other day. And it was talking about – you probably saw the same story. And it was just talking about, like, how teams, some teams are playing the transfer market huge, others not as much, you know. Uh, and I, I, was just, I was just staggered by this one little tidbit in the story, okay? I think Sam Blum had it uh, from uh, the Dallas Boarding News. It said Texas State, okay, Texas State, which is now playing D1 football, that Texas State um, did not – have any recruits in the early signing period and then didn't sign a kid in the late signing period so literally uh they did you know bring in like 11 transfers but they didn't sign a single kid i mean kevin that just that just almost brought me to my knees for at a time when i'm watching high school kids that should deserve scholarships in a normal pattern have to take either The preferred walk-on or go play D two or D three football. I I just that just that just almost brought me to my knees to see a program not sign a single kid.
1: It, It is unprecedented what we saw there, Matt. Yeah, I read. I didn't read the morning news story, but I read another story about this. I think obviously the pandemic is the number one culprit in this. And the fact that everyone got a mulligan from last year, so basically your rosters were going to be flooded with kids, depending on how many were going to be, uh, were going to enter the portal on their own, or if they were, as a phrase I like to use, be encouraged to be successful somewhere else. Um, and the fact that, you know, the the portal has become such a different landmark, if you will, for how teams are going to build their rosters. You know, like in Baylor's case, they have three that have joined this roster. They're still looking for maybe one or two offensive linemen, if it works for them, but they're going to be selective in how they do this. And I think the biggest problem with this is for schools like a Texas State, maybe on that level, maybe a little lower, maybe from the FCS level or whatnot, is it's a financial thing too because if you're going to put kids on athletic scholarship and then you're going to flood your roster with more than the 85 scholarship limit, you're kind of crunched. And if you have a lot of kids that tell you that you feel, number one, you feel like, they can contribute to their team, your team next year. Contribute very well, and then the fact you don't have much turnover there. What are you mm-hmm. going to do with those kids that that you're recruiting because you're already up against it financially? So that's the. I think that's the, the biggest thing from my perspective in in reading this and evaluating this. And well, like that's... I said, in Baylor's case, they I, they're being very surgical in how they're doing this and how they're doing this, especially with what they want to do with the offensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean that sounds almost like the way I used to write, uh, you know, Kevin. Very surgical. Um <laughs> come on, buddy. Okay. What about these uh what about these three commits? Okay, I I'm kind of excited about this new tight end direction we're going. The Bears uh bring in Kelsey Johnson, the tight end out of Red Oak, all sorts of athletic, three star prospect. And then uh Ladenka do I pronounce the M or not I think that's right.
1: yeah I think the M' silent on that yeah okay
0: the M silent Ladenka from the woodlands is 64235 guy that can split out a little bit but also stay in line block a little bit big dude um another tight end I think Kevin this speaks to uh Grimes the new offensive coordinator he it BYU he really enjoyed throwing to the tight end. Uh, Kevin, I mean people say Mosley, don't forget about whatever Kristoff somebody or this guy, or this guy. We yeah. have not yeah. thrown to the tight end in guys, years, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this is this is this could be really different.
1: Well, you know, the thing about the, the tight ends and I'll be I'll be honest, my favorite player on any football team is the tight end. My kingdom for a seam route. I can't even remember the last time we saw one of those. Um, but you know, with, with Johnson and Ledenka, I think what those two guys would bring is, number one, they're really good pass catchers based on their film and talking to them. And the fact that if you watch their film, uh, both Red Oak and the Woodlands were not afraid to split them out as wide receivers and, and have them going one-on-one with either a safety or a corner on that. And the fact that they have that kind of athleticism and they can run. And, of course, don't forget, obviously, as you mentioned with Jeff Grimes, who's going to be working with tight ends specifically as he's coordinating the offense. Those are going to be big weapons to use. Now, we obviously will get into more of the uh, the the uh, the whys and the where wheres of how all, all this will look once Baylor starts spring football uh, in the next in the coming weeks, whenever that's going to be announced. So, but I think it's going to be interesting because you know, for all of the issues that Larry Fedora faced as the offensive coordinator, the one thing I did credit him for was how he was starting to bring the tight end more of a factor into their offense because, well, for one, the wide receivers weren't producing, but at the same time, you know, you saw some things from Ben Sims last year that were intriguing. Now I think the, the immediate thing for this, these two kids notwithstanding, because we're not going to see them until 2022. I will point out too, by the way, Kelsey Johnson is going to be an early arrival. So he's coming January of next year, but I, I'm going to be curious to see what He'd, what Jeff will do with the current group of tight ends and how they will actually mess with their offense. Because if it's what I think they're capable of doing, then you're going to have so much versatility on this passing game. It's going to make it really difficult for defenses to hone in on maybe one or two uh, primary sources yeah. of where the ball is going.
0: I, you said you liked that uh, AD, Ben Sims. I like that other guy that, that kind of did some things in that TCU. Say it again. Drake Dabney, yeah, 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 yeah. Eighty three, I think he is. Uh, oh man!
1: No, well, Drake was uh, Drake was a different number. I forgot. No, what Drake was eighty
0: three or eighty four. <laughs> some, but yeah, Dabney's the guy I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: Dabney. Uh, now, Dabney showed some things that I liked. Um, you know, in, in a couple of games, he he played. I thought he played really well. He caught that touchdown pass against Iowa State. Um, yeah. In, in November, and that was when Sims was down for uh, COVID protocols. And uh, there are some interesting things. I think that tight end battle this coming spring football is going to be really interesting to watch based on what Dabney showed in his limited appearances. And of course, what Sims has shown and and just getting back to real quickly with the the recent commits with the Johnson and Ladenka, again, good hands split them out. You you can do a lot of different things to them. And I think the fact that you can get versatility, not only, you know pinned up next to a tackle if they need them to block or if you can use them as a wide receiver that's going to make a big difference again of how much you can really really spread the field and get the matchups you want
0: yeah I uh that, that all excites me I can't wait at Sikkim Sports I can't wait to watch when you get that tight end battle rolling I want you to write a story in the coming days <laughs> just on all the tight ends and that competition and what that'll look like real quick what do you what about this uh what about the youngster from Bowie? I mean, this guy's not even rated. I mean, they're they're kind of going below the uh, radar a little bit, which is fine with me. I don't get into. I know you have to do all that star stuff, but you're not even that connected to all that either. You you try to actually put your eyes on these players, Colton Price. Uh, I like I like the name Colton. It's got a e in it. C O L E T O N. Colton Price from Bowie. Love Bowie. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, but that's, for anyone who's trying to figure out where that is, that's halfway between uh, Wichita Falls and Fort Worth on uh, on Highway 287. Um, but, you know, I think in, in his case, you know, he kind of, this is kind of like your Devin Chaffin type of recruit who came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden he just pops up to, and it's one of those immediately offer and commit at the same time type of scenario. And Price, a big kid, they got, they like him at guard about 6'4, 280, um, strong as an ox. And obviously, you know, when you play for a small school, that number one isn't very good, or at least had a tough dip, tough season like Bowie did last year, went four and six. I think what this comes down to is getting a couple people in your corner to get your name out there, not only for you fighting, not only you fighting for yourself, but getting a couple people out there. And I think that's where, another, where the, the James Blanchard factor plays a role in this, because James is really good at turning over rocks, finding kids like this, Really scrutinizing what they look like on tape and beyond, and then making the call on them, and then of course he has to sell them to the staff and explain why I think this kid needs to be offered because of X, Y, and Z, and then everyone goes from there. Now I'm sure once he gets on campus, it, it's going to be a case of where they're going to have to put him in the strength and condition program that's going to be pretty aggressive to get him up to speed so he can be available in a factor maybe in 2023. But it's a but it, but when you have six four two eighty to start. Um, you can always work with that
0: all right last thing i, I want to just help you out with something because you, you focus mostly on football i did some scouting for you and you can use this on rivals if you want there's a okay. kid baylor's looking at for 2022 junior guard out of richardson high school 6-3 guard named Kason wallace and uh there's another player on that team that's really good too rylan griffin but let me tell you something um I you know I've seen a lot of basketball in my days. I played basketball in high school. I've never seen a kid 6'3" guard walk into a gym. He came into our he came into our local gym and he's decided to try to dunk on everybody in the gym. I mean even the cheerleaders. It, it nobody was spared. And uh it, this was one of the it was almost reminded me a little bit I state title a few years ago Kevin. I saw Marcus Smart. When he was at Flower Mountain, Marcus, it you know he was a man among boys. I mean, he's just like okay, okay, it's time to win the game. I, I've let y'all, I've let Lake Bucentennial hang around for a little bit. It's time to go ahead and win. Uh, so I'll, I'll, you guys step over here, and I'm gonna take this thing over. He had Phil Forte on his team. Didn't matter. He just said, Phil, stand <laughs> over there. I got to go win this game now. This is same kind of, same kind of kid. I mean, he just. Uh, he doesn't see, he seems pretty humble. He doesn't see, didn't, you know, he was not like a showboat type kid. He just literally, he, every possession, he was looking to dunk on everybody on the Lake Island's team. So as you're kind of put you know, as you comment here and there, occasionally on high school basketball recruiting, um, just keep that name in mind. Baylor wants well, we not, him.
1: Yeah, and one thing yeah. too, Matt, he you know, we have him at number 19 in our national uh, 150 list. So that and a lot of our experts, not me, but a couple of our experts uh, have have their future cast directed having him going to Baylor. So that's something to keep in mind.
0: Okay. All right. That I mean that's because I told him that uh Kevin. Oh, no, okay. I got I'm you. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, buddy, appreciate you. Get back to work. Get back to work. All but right. thanks for all the great information.
1: Absolutely, Matt. Take care.